0: Yo, 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 what's going on, my man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited. Today, I'm doing something that has been long overdue. We just crossed 600 episodes, and it's been a while since I've shared a little bit about my story and the origins of this podcast, the origins of Deep Clean, my porn addiction recovery company. And I wanted to share kind of an updated version of my story because I know a lot of you guys are newer listeners. Uh, some of you are amazing. You've gone back. You're listening to everything from the beginning to the end, which I don't know how you're doing that. Uh, it's a lot of content here. But what I wanted to do is um, is really just give you guys a little bit uh, of who I am and the heart behind what we do here with this podcast and some of our other endeavors because i think sometimes it's it's so easy to just get caught in consumer culture and you know we listen to a podcast, we watch a show, we read a book, but we don't really understand the stories or the things that led to this place and i think you're going to get a lot more value out of the content that i'm creating here if you just know a little bit more about me and where all of this is coming from. Uh, now, I do detail a lot more of my story in my book, The Last Relapse. So if you don't have a copy, I actually give it away for free at thelastrelapsebook.com. You can get your copy there. Or if you are a physical book kind of guy or an audio book kind of guy, you can get it anywhere books are sold. And the proceeds from those, um, from those sales go to fund the spreading of the gospel to Muslim villages in Uganda through evangelistic soccer tournaments, one of the coolest missions organizations that I know of. And so either way, it's a win-win here. Um, but the book is called The Last Relapse, and you can get more information there. TheLastRelapseBook.com, that's the spot really to get your uh, your free copy. Now, let me, uh, let me start this off, start off today's episode rather um, by saying I'm not going to be able to cover my full story in detail. That's not really the point here. I have two goals. Um, I already mentioned one, which is I want you to get a bit more context for the content that you're taking in. Number two, I think it's vital that in your recovery journey, you are exposing yourself to stories of recovery. Uh, You want to hear about people that are getting further ahead, people that are figuring this stuff out, people who, you know, managed to achieve the thing you want to achieve. And that's what I'm hoping to do in today's episode. I hope this inspires you. I hope it shows you how unlikely it was that I would ever quit pornography and how good God is to have brought me this far. And and I just know full well that if he could do it for me, he can do it for you too. So a little bit of background about me. I am a Fourth-generation pastor, grew up in a pastor's home. Uh, my parents are both East Indian. Dad is born in India. Mom is born in Malaysia, actually, although she is East Indian. And so uh, when it came to subjects around sexuality, we did not discuss them in the home. Uh, between being conservative Christians and Indians, you know, those are two very good reasons to avoid S-E-X altogether. And so that was that was really the nature of, um, of home and what we grew up in. Um, I didn't think anything of it, and then uh, what happened is uh, I was 11 years old. I attended a Christian school, and a buddy came out to me one day and was like, we were in the computer lab, and he said, hey, uh, somebody told me to check out this website, and I punched it in. It turned out to be porn, and I had no, I, I didn't even know what that was. I was so confused. I was I was very innocent. I was definitely a little bit sheltered, and I was totally shocked and disturbed by what I had saw and, uh what I had seen, but it planted a seed. And so uh, when I did hit puberty, uh, you know, a year and a bit later, I started to remember that website. I got a bit curious and slowly but surely started to revisit uh, porn sites and and that kind of thing on a regular basis. By the time I was in university, I was watching regularly. And um, when I say watching, uh, sorry. By the time I was in high school, I was watching regularly. Regularly would be a couple times a week. Um, uh, it was even a little bit of a social endeavor because some of my other friends watched as well. So sometimes, you know, we'd be at someone's place for the weekend, we'd be drinking, and we'd watch porn. Like it was all just kind of infused into our activities. Uh, Very bizarre when I really think about it, but that was that was the truth. And we were all students at a Christian school, <laughs> just to kind of put it in context a little bit. Um, by the time I got to uh, university, is where I would say I was addicted and. Uh, when I say addicted, what I mean is I planned my days around it. I could not go a day without it. And it was my source of comfort. Uh, you know, I was very academically gifted. So was working very hard. Um, I had, you know, all my university was paid for by scholarships and research grants. Uh, but then I, you know, worked part-time. I volunteered. I mean, I was just incredibly busy. I was working with children with autism and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And so to cope with all that, porn was my vice. Porn was how I I was able to get through. Uh, this is a, a part of the story that really could be another episode, but I was in a very atheistic environment studying biological sciences in a post-secondary institute, which um, you know, uh, generally these institutes are very liberal and anti-God, and that was certainly the case, um, not to the same extent it is now at the time of this recording, but it was still there when I was a student. And I remember taking a class that uh, it was an evolutionary biology class. It literally took everything I believed and just smushed it against the wall and just said, "You'd be an absolute idiot to think any of this is real, to think that someone could create all this, to think that there's some there's some master plan, you know and it really caused me to question my faith um in in a good way, you know because I, like I said I I grew up pretty sheltered so you know everyone around me was Christians and um, I never really had to defend my faith or explain why I believe what I believe and and now I did and I didn't really have much to show for it and rather than that pulling me away from God it actually um, pushed me closer to Him and I was able to to really dig in to find my faith and I realized you know I may not have all the right answers and theories and sure there's some really smart people who think differently than me. But nothing could shake my faith in God, you know, at my heart of hearts, I knew He was real. So when I made that decision, um, I knew what came with it, because I was kind of living one foot in one foot out at that point, you know, like getting drunk here and there and um not great language, and you know, watching tons of porn, and um, you know, again, I, I kind of knew deep down inside they were wrong, and I wasn't going to live like this forever. But this was my come to Jesus moment. I've committed my life. Um, there's no turning back and now I know I need to clean things up. And so, um, so clean up the language was fine. Drinking responsibly, no big deal. Couldn't for the life of me shake porn. And so I spent, uh, the next three years of my life seeking solutions, you know, reading blogs and attending seminars and listening to sermons and trying to figure out how do you get sexual sin out of your life? And everybody basically said three or four of the same things, install an internet filter, get an accountability partner, up your spiritual disciplines and ask the Holy Spirit for self-control or muster up the willpower. And I did all these things religiously. Like I'm using that language intentionally. Like I was very adamant that this is, this was, if this is the stuff that gets you free, I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. I'm going all out. And what happened is I would um, basically enter these binge purge cycles, you know, of a couple weeks of freedom, a couple months, one time I even went a year, but then one way or another, something always pulled me back into it. And I used to over-spiritualize it, and I thought, oh, it's just the demonic, it's the devil, he's trying to, you know, he got the better of me, but he's not going to get me this time. And to an extent, that was true because there were actually lies I was believing, there was unhealed trauma, and there were a bunch of blind spots in my life that the enemy knew about that he was trying to keep in place so that I would just keep fighting a, a hopeless battle. And and that is where I was for a very, very long time, for three years, three agonizing years. And I'm not talking about like, you know, every once in a while, I would make an effort to quit porn. I'm talking about like, this is a constant thing in my life. I'm constantly going after this, investing time and energy Trying to figure it out, and after three years, I thought, you know what, something is missing. And uh, and I, it's funny it, it, through a, a series of different events, I wound up at a ministry school, um, not like theology school, but a ministry school, a little bit more practical, a bit more hands on. And their whole vision was they wanted to raise up ministry leaders who would go into you know all spheres of society, whether it was uh, religious or not, you know, whether it was just the finance in um industry or education or politics or healthcare or you know whatever it might be that wherever they go they were they were healthy leaders healthy leaders as in they didn't have trauma um they had emotional awareness they had a fluid thriving relationship with god and in this place is where i began to discover the roots of my porn addiction And uh, we had some teachers who came and talked about sexual sin, and they really helped me get clarity. We had some teachers who came and talked about, you know, how to see God as a loving father. And it was so indirectly tied to porn addiction, but so important. And and everything in between, you know, teachers on how to hear God's voice, teachers on deliverance, teachers on relationships. And as we kind of dove into these subjects and dove into the Word and built that relationship with God in the process— this is where I was starting to understand why I was addicted to porn in the first place. And a, a huge part of it was that porn gave me a sense of control. All of my fantasies revolved around control. And a lot of the content, um, it was very obvious uh, that there were two things, two things in, in particular uh, that were, were being satisfied through pornography. One was the need for control. The other was the need for maternal uh, acceptance and affection. And so I would watch a lot of mom-related content uh, because that was sort of gratifying some mother wounds that I had from a fairly young age. And it wasn't until I really worked through the wounds, uh, yes, forgiving, but really acknowledging the shortcomings of my parents, uh, which was really hard to do, especially my mom. I loved them dearly. And I felt like if I ever acknowledged that, that I would be kind of bashing them. And so it took me a while to kind of work through that. But eventually, you know, I did reach that place where I could... Um, yeah, I could, I could, I could see them for, for who they were, uh, amazing parents who fell short in some areas. Um, and, um, and my mom in particular, who just wasn't able to provide, uh, what I needed specifically, um, just to show love in the way that I needed it, which was quality time and words of affirmation. She's a lot more subdued and quiet and kind of just, you know, more acts of service and, um, that kind of thing. So, that discovery is what changed everything i still remember the day that i walked out at this point i had finished ministry school i was working as a pastor still struggling with porn on and off and i had um gone to see a specialist and we had focused on um my relationship with my mom and so i went through this process of articulating of forgiving of releasing you know all that good stuff and when i came out i swear to you i was a different person something literally felt different And I finally had control over my urges again. The thing I wanted all along, control in my life, came from working through my trauma. And uh, I had two prayers that kind of went on throughout these five years. It was five years of recovery efforts for me. And my prayer was, number one, God, whoever my future wife is, keep her from me until I'm free of porn. And number two, uh, God, uh, set me free so that I can set others free. And so February 2016, I had my last relapse. November 2016 is when I met Shaloma, who is now my wife of, gosh, we're coming up on seven years. Sorry, not seven years. We're coming up on four years of being married, but seven years since uh, we first got together, which is pretty cool. About to have our first uh, child together, and uh, it's just amazing, amazing what God has done. Uh, But really, um, the second prayer is the one that continues to be answered every single day, and that is to, uh, to help other guys get free. I waited about two and a half years, and um, I was in a, a difficult season in my life. You know, my wife was really sick. We were just engaged at the time, so she was my fiance. She was very sick. I was uh, really sick and tired of working for churches. I just felt like I, I had more to offer the world that I, I wasn't able to fully experience or express through the church. Um, I had a bunch of those things going on. And, um, and through a, a, a friend of mine who became a mentor, he said, Hey, you should really think about coaching people. And when I said, I don't know what to coach them on. He, um, you know, we had a conversation and then it was like, ding, 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 like helping guys get free porn. This is something I've been wanting to help guys with and something I've been praying about years and years before, but I didn't think I was ready for it yet. Cause I had only been fully clean for about, I guess it was a little bit over two years at that time. Um, yeah, actually almost three years, almost three years. So um, anyway, uh, that's what pushed me over the edge. I launched Deep Clean. I started helping people for free while I did my job and then um, saw that I was able to help people, so started to charge for it. Um, and it's so funny. I'll have to do another episode on this, but Deep Clean has changed so much. Before, it was just one-on-one coaching, but my slots filled up pretty quickly, and so one-on-one turned into groups, and uh, that was a logistical thing that wound up being a blessing in disguise because... Um, I didn't know all the research around community and groups at that point. And, uh, and when we did the groups, we saw that the experience was so much better. The results were better. Like There was clearly something different. And so I vowed that whatever we did, we would never get rid of the group component, the communities, because it was so, so valuable. And so that has continued. Since then, we built a course. Um, we've now built a whole team, really, around this thing. And um, and I, I don't know what our team's at. I think we're at nine or ten people that are on this team um, and we've, we reach hundreds of people every single year. We get help hundreds of men, quit porn addiction for good. And we've launched this podcast. And um, what I realized is, as Deep Clean has grown the last couple of years is um, I wanted to have something that was revenue generating so I can put food on my table um, so that we can continue to build a brand. And really, I wanna have a global impact because this is a global issue and too many people are in the dark about it. And so we're on a mission to do that. And that will always be um, that will always be the backbone of my company and what we've built. But um, the other part of it is we want it to be incredibly generous. You know, freely uh, we have received, and so freely we want to give. And so um, we are working all the time on putting out high quality resources for free. So we have a resource section on our page with, you know, my book is for free. It costs me tens of thousands of dollars. You guys get it for free. We have one pagers, we have booklets, we have all kinds of stuff there for free. Uh, I spend a lot of money to get social media content up on Instagram every single day. And so um, so we try to be very generous there. And the podcast is really the very, um, you know, pinnacle of all this. Uh, because I know how valuable it is to have daily content, you know, da- daily in your ears, hearing words of encouragement, guidance, the reminder that you can do it, specific tips that might be, you know, just come at the right time, just when you needed it. I know how valuable that is, and so, um, so I dedicate a lot of time to actually put out free content because we want to be generous. Uh, we know that there's people who can't afford to pay for a coaching program like ours. Our programs are not cheap. Um, because we really, we, I, I'm a quality guy, you know, so I, I want people to get a full experience. And that's just sort of the lane that we've chosen to, to position ourselves in. But it doesn't mean that we can't offer things generously either. And so the podcast is the pinnacle of that. And uh, like I said, we've had hundreds of thousands of downloads now, we've been able to reach a lot of people in two short years. Uh, God has been so good to us, and really the, the best is yet to come, and so I'm super glad you guys are here. This is just a little bit of my story. Uh, man, I, I glossed over so many details, in another time, um, I'll be able to dive in a little bit more, uh, but I'm glad you're here. I hope this gives some context, and the last thing I want to say is this podcast used to be called The New Man Podcast, and we re, we rebranded about a year ago to Unleash the Man Within, and I did this for uh, for two reasons. Number one, I believe that like Michelangelo's David, he was once asked, you know, um, I actually forget exactly how how this whole thing came about. But basically, when he described doing the the statue uh, of David, he he explained that all he needed to do, he he saw the statue there all along. It just needed to be released. And the point was, he was saying like, I don't I don't chip like blocks to try to like create something beautiful. I'm trying to unleash or or reveal the beauty that's always been there. And that's how I see you. I see you as someone packed with potential, packed with value, um, made in the image of a perfect God. And I see that as um, what happens is you know we have we have traumas in our lives, we have sin in our lives. we have things that that masquerade these beautiful parts of us and I'm determined to, Chisel those things away and unleash the man that is within. But secondly, you and I know that we cannot reach our fullness without Jesus Christ. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so part of what we do here, the design is to also to activate the living God within you to enhance that experience, knowing that if we can unleash the man, in this case, capital M, Jesus within, that you can become everything that he has designed you to be. So that's why I'm here. I hope it's why you're here as well. I'm so glad if you listen to the end. Hey, thanks so much for listening to a bit of my story. I hope it gives some context and I hope you guys have a fantastic day. If, again, if you wanna get more information about my own story um, and that kind of thing, The Last Relapse is the best way to do that, thelastrelapsebook.com. In the meantime, love you guys. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.